You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome on in. To the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast. Chris Thomas joined by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Gagliano. Stephen, so much to get into from this past weekend. But first, we must go back to Friday. And we must begin this very special episode of Blossom, I mean the Off Air Podcast, by talking about a very special situation that happened at 92.9 The Game that Many of our alert listeners were tweeting and texting and asking, what the heck is going on? So let's spin the time machine back to about uh, 2.08 p.m. on Friday afternoon. Um, Dukes and Bell get on the air, getting ready for a big, fun football Friday show. And then out of all the corner of our eye, We see something flashing and we start hearing noises. Now we are in a locked, not locked, but shut studio door that is soundproof or supposedly so at least. So the the noise is muffled, but we see the lights and um, turns out, Steve, and you were in the building for this as well. There was. I shouldn't have been, but I was. And of course, because that's how it always works, (laughs) that there was a fire drill in the building. Yeah. Uh, But at first, we didn't know it was a fire drill. So we were led to believe that there was a potential emergency situation uh, going on in the 92.9 The Game building where our studios are located so it even said uh, so on the actual alarm it said like a an emergency in the building has been reported so it didn't even just say fire and like it was yeah so yeah it could have been anything could have been carbon monoxide it could have been somebody in the building that wasn't supposed to be there which also happened like a month and a half ago um so that was fun as well um so steve what did we do (laughs) we had to evacuate the building We sure did. Just like we were in, you know, fourth grade or whatever, like some of my wife's students, if they had a fire drill, they were all escorted out of the building. We walked down nine flights of stairs, which is always fun. Oh, yes, we did. (laughs) Some of us with an easier time than others. I won't call out any names. There was uh, a lot of complaining going down those nine flights. There absolutely was. It made for an entertaining walk down. Yes. But uh, we found our person with their brightly colored vest on. Yes. Pointed us in the right direction. I had one of those uh, airport like cones that you see on the runways. 
that they were flashing in a general direction of where to go. Yeah. So very colony square. They were very up on it. They, you know, if we ever have an actual emergency, we'll know what to do. And I guess that's the whole point of a fire drill, because if not that drill, I would have absolutely no idea how to make my way from here to outside the building safely away from a blazing fire. It's very true. And they, 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 we even got to detour the back of the building, which I'd never seen before, which leads into a very interesting area of the ATL. Um, So here's the media nugget portion of the story about the fire drill is what the heck happens when you're on the air and something like that happens. Um, So Mike Bell, Carl, Bo, uh, or no, Bo, was Bo there? Was Bo there? He was not there. there. No, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was there. He was there. Um, He was off the previous Friday. Um, So we're like, what do we do? And then Mike Conti, the program director, comes in and says, hey, guys, this is is not a joke. We need to get up out of here. So the funniest part about it was, was Carl and Mike were on the air talking about the last time that this had happened and what they had to do as it was happening again. Because as soon as they saw the lights flash and they were like, oh, this is funny. I remember the last time this happened that we had a fire drill. It was uh, pre-COVID pandemic and, uh, you know, Mike didn't want to get off the air because he knew it wasn't real, but we had to because that's what the building says you have to do. And uh, Mike was all upset and Carl was upset and everyone was upset because, you don't want to, you know, turn your show over to something other than your show and radio. And um, the instructions were per management to put on CBS Sports Radio. And this way we have something on the air and it's Jim Rome. It's a national brand. And so so that's what we did. And yeah, something's just, better than nothing. In that yeah, case. You, you can't you can't. The term is dead air in the industry. You can't just have nothing playing out over the air. And since this happened in real time, it's not we don't have you know, a library of, you know, break glass in case of emergency. It's like, no, it's like, get up out of your seat and get out of the building. It could be burning. You didn't have time to put an hour together? No, I really didn't have time to put it. I didn't have time to put anything together, Steve. Um, (laughs) Funny you should say that. Um, So basically we we put on Jim Rome. And then when we come back, we basically just uh, come on in. We we fade down Jim Rome and Mike Bell went back on the air because he was the first one back in. And we had to explain to the audience what happened. But first one in, last one out, how to describe Mike Bell. Uh, he was the last one out, first one in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think I had that right. <laughs> and then we so we get back and like the text line and the phone lines and Twitter is like, what the F is going on? Like all of a sudden you guys are talking and then you're like, Hey, we'll be back. I got to go. And then we hear Jim Rome for 10 minutes and then we're, and then you guys are back and blah, 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 blah. So it was a really, really, really chaotic way to start off a Friday. But thankfully, like you said, everything went well. And um, I think we passed. Yeah, I'd say we passed. Uh, I'd say a lot of us, myself included, uh, need to get on a treadmill um, (laughs) because you don't realize how out of shape you are until you walk down nine or 10 flights of stairs and you feel like you did 150 squats and that that certainly shouldn't be the case but thankfully we didn't have to walk back up the stairs mm-hmm. that would have been like if they had paused the elevators or something like that oh, that yeah. would have been steve i don't i don't know i don't know if i'd be sitting here with you today they i didn't even have to come back up after that i was 
I was done. I had to go back down to the office to try to deal with my situation of losing my key card, which was eventually located. So yes. that was great. That's why I was still in the building. I was trying to get that figured out after like what 1130 when I normally would have been gone. And so lucky me, I got to stick around for the fire drill, which now I actually got to participate in this conversation though. So it all, it all worked out in the end, I guess. Yeah. We, we, we reveled in the experience. It was me, you and Bo and Carl just kind of sitting there, you know, talking to some other people. What, what was cool was there was actually like a couple people that were like walking their dogs on the street who like yeah. stopped with the commotion and like brought their dogs over to like entertain everyone while <laughs> there was this mass of like a few hundred people just standing in the middle of the sidewalk in Atlanta. Um, must have looked like a crazy scene for people who were just driving by or people who were just in the area. Um, there were people joking around saying that we, we should take a field trip over to the Christian Science Library, which was across the street. Um, which again, I didn't know existed because I was never on that side of the, the, the way the Colony Square building is set up. It's 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 a square, um, huh, like, like the name suggests. So there's a, so there's a front and a back, and I've just never been on the back side of the building before. So it was, it was all in all, like you said, it was a very interesting experience. Everyone's good, but uh, yeah, we did have to quite literally evacuate uh, about eight minutes into our show on Friday. So that was. That and then really Mike Bell went scorched earth when uh, when he got back in, which was a fun listen on my drive home after yes, I got back he, in the car. Mike Bell is, uh, you know, for better or for worse, ride down with the Titanic sort yeah. of a guy. You want those guys on your team. As the, the the Titanic is sinking, the band is playing the violin and doing their doing their duty, playing us off in the sea. And Mike Bell captains that ship with a fervor of ten thousand suns. Uh, Second straight show with a uh, with a Titanic reference. Well, you know what? I need the Celine Dion heart will go on music. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted, though. I don't think we're we're allowed to play that on this. But all right, so let's on to more fun matters, Steve. That's right. So then on uh, Saturday around noon, we all reconvened at New Rome Brewing right there on the Beltline for the 92.9 The Game 10th anniversary party which was a lot of fun, met a lot of new people, saw a lot of people you don't get to see every day because all the um, show parts were there at the same time. And uh, I got to meet your wife, Steve. We had a very lengthy and pleasant conversation. I got the inside scoop on how you guys met and your whole story (laughs) in Mississippi and you moving here to Atlanta and your whole journey, which was very interesting. Your your wife I is a very, all this time. Yeah, your wife is a very lovely lady, and uh, you are you very much so outkicked your coverage. But I'm sure you know that. You know, people keep saying that. I, I'm starting <laughs> to feel self conscious. Well, according to her, she asked you out. That's true. That is now, very true. Now, that's that's that, my favorite part of the story. How how did that actually happen? Yeah. So her friend was already going with one of my friends to like a sorority formal. Okay. And so she needed a date and it just kind of worked out that way of, oh, why don't you ask Steven? Because, you know, he's free on Friday night because I had nothing going on before I met her at Ole Miss. So, yeah, it's a, it worked out nicely for me. There you go. And you just swept her off her feet that night. Exactly. With your yeah. From there, sharp the wind in your history. Yeah. You know what? You just you put all the moves on that night and, <laughs> and everything else just sort of wrote itself. Um, exactly. So the way it worked for those who weren't able to attend or couldn't hear it on the radio is every show that's going on now on the radio station did an hour. So John and Hugh, 
was taking Sandra, Andy Randy, Dukes and Bell, and then Chuckery. So it was fun to be up there sort of on the stage, so to speak, with uh, all the listeners and everyone else there. Um, when it was at its apex, it was it was pretty packed. I got to say, there was a lot of people there. We had it on the sort of the back deck area. If you've never been to New Run before, it is huge. They have two gigantic floors. The upstairs is like an open balcony concept, and then there's a huge restaurant inside, and then there's the back area, which was also outside. But, Steve, it was a ton of fun. It really was, yeah. And like you said, there were so many people there. You know, we met a lot of great listeners and the way that I knew that it was a good crowd and that there were a lot of people and a lot of really invested listeners was somebody actually recognized me. So <laughs> that was a sign that people there were really into it. And, you know, we love our listeners and, and they love us. There are two things happened over this weekend that showed us, you know, how many people are truly listening at a given moment. One was the fire drill. Like you mentioned, you had that many people texting, tweeting, calling trying to figure out what's going on and then saturday at new realm we met a lot of those people that were you know that love the station and have loved the station for 10 years and you know when it when it started i was 2012 i was in high school hmm. i guess just finishing up high school and you know i i would listen when i would come home for the summers from college and all that kind of stuff so being there for the 10 year anniversary as an employee it was a pretty surreal experience knowing that this was something I listened to when I was starting to figure out that I wanted to be in sports radio. So that was my kind of personal connection to it, but a really fun event. And hopefully we do a, you know, an 11 year, a 12 year, a 13 year anniversary. We just do one every single year. I got to say too, uh, for, for those probably wondering about all the juicy details, everyone did a pretty good job. Nobody really embarrassed themselves. Nobody was really, you know, puking over the railings or, you know, had to be escorted off the premises. I think as a radio station entirely, we represented ourselves pretty well. Um, I had a good, you know, four or five beers that I spaced out over the course of the time that I was there. Um, I don't even think, honestly, I, I don't think I even had any liquor while I was there. I think it was all yeah. beer. I, I, that's probably the best way to go. And I think once you introduce liquor into the situation, that's when things would have steadily gone downhill from yeah. a, a behavior standpoint. <laughs> I was talking to Mike after, so this morning uh, I worked with John and Hugh in the morning, and then I helped out on the steakhouse as we transitioned things back with Oren coming back. But I was talking to Mike before we started recording and he asked, he said, oh, are you guys going to talk about the 10-year the anniversary party? And I said, I was like, you know, nobody really gave us that kind of cannon fodder story that we can absolutely tell to embarrass anyone, which is, well, you know, for him as the, as the brand manager is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it just because it's such a big deal for the station. And like you said, we're proud to represent and, you know, part of the media, even the um, – Atlanta, Atlanta Journal Constitution media reporter came out to the event and I saw him, you know, taking pictures and talking with Carl. So I haven't checked if there's an article up yet today, but I'm sure there will be. Um, and it was just a really big deal for the station. We had so many people either come back physically or call in that were part of other shows. And, uh, you know, it was it was fun to see Carl and Mike, you know, because I've only been here for for, you know, just about two years. You've been here. Uh, even less than that. So for guys like us, it was just fun to hear and see, um, you know, tales from the beginning of the radio station when we weren't around um, and to see this, to put, you know, I've been hearing about 
names for you know a year plus now that I was finally able to put a face to um and you know share a brew with and just catch up with and see you know probably my favorite part of it honestly and this is the inside radio nerd part of me um was to talk to all the fellow producers and see you know what a lot of the shows were like and how they came up with concepts and you know the pairings of the people that they put together and why certain things worked and why certain things didn't work so there were other there was a lot of other producers there that I got to talk with and mingle with and, you know, sort of compare notes, so, so to speak, of the new, the new guard versus the old guard. One of them's name is Matt Ryan. I didn't That's, know that. Yeah, yeah, Matt Ryan. And you know what? He kind of looks like Matt Ryan, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That guy, yeah. he had to have had a time when he worked here with Matt Ryan. I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he used that one quite often, which I would have, too, if that was my name. Yeah, he said he worked here, I think, from like 2012 to like 2015 or 2016, somewhere in that vicinity. So I had, you know, I was in my second year of college at that point. You were barely out of high school. So, you know, a radio station in Atlanta for me was as distant of a concept as anything else. I was still listening to Mike Francesa and Chris Russo, Mm. you know, basically screaming at each other at that point back home in in New York city. So no, it was, it was just a great event. And, and it's always fun seeing like, you know, guys, guys, who you know, like, you know, Hugh is, is not somebody who, if you saw him passing like a ship in the night that you would think would go out there and, you know, hold court, but he was out there like, you know, doing his thing and everyone loves like, Oh, big Hugh, what's going on. It's just so funny. Like you see Hugh, like in the studio, he's like, yo, what's up yeah. like yo big you what's going on man but then you see him interacting with the listeners and they're bringing all that like fun energy like to the party and through the host and with the host so seeing all that as well um you know and w- w- me and you with we won't name names because that's you know we do as much as we love to rag on our co-workers we do uh we will respect the names in the, of the victims withheld at this moment you know there were certain people that were like um <clears throat> all right i got 12 100 percent. Okay. So have other people left so i don't yeah so be I can, the first one yeah and so i can sneak out the back and then and then of course you get like mike bell love him to death he brings the dog he's you know the buying shots for people yeah holding cord in the middle of the place the entire time and you're like man that's why these guys are good at what they do because <laughs> they 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 have an audience with them basically everywhere that they go. Um, and I think, I think if we had to hand out a party MVP, it's probably Ike. I think, I think so. He, I think he got more attention than just about anyone or anything there. More instantly recognizable. Puts, uh, Mike puts out more pictures of that dog than anything. So yeah, I think, uh, I think he would win MVP from the, from the second he showed up. And I actually, I thought really good too. I thought Steak did a really good job pumping up the crowd yep. when he and Sandra were on. Um, Dukes of Bell as well, you know, getting everyone in on the, hey, man. So you really got to see like the nuts and bolts of the station and why, you know, the, the big personalities that we have and why people like to follow them and come up. And it's so funny, like you were saying how somebody recognized you when, when people would read my name tag, they'd be like Chris Thomas. And then I'd be like, well, I go by turtle on Dukes and Bell. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> you're turtle. So yeah, they, they rarely say your full name. It's he'll say Chris, 
Yeah. And then he'll ex- sometimes he'll explain the nickname or he'll just say turtle. So yeah, they don't usually get your full name in there. So the name even- should have just crossed it off and written in there. I've even gone so far as to put dash turtle next to my there you go. Twitter handle online. Um, and I even, I even posted a picture of me and you up on there that you guys That's are right. out there and, and, uh, you gotta re- we, we gotta get your Twitter game up, Steve. I keep saying I know. It. Gotta- I'm so, I don't know if, if it's that I'm lazy. I don't think that's it. I think what I figured out is, especially on like a Sunday, and I, I realized this watching the Falcons game yesterday, is I'm tweeting from the 92.9 account and like posting all of our digital stuff during the game. So I've got that open. I've got the TV. I've got the radio on. And I've got another screen watching Red Zone to monitor everything else going on. So at that moment, I don't want to deal with another screen. So your personal Twitter account suffers because of it that. does. Because I'm such a good employee that I'm always oh, focused on the 92.9 Twitter nice account above spin. my own. Nice spin. Thank right. you. Well, we'll get you to. We got to get you to at least steadily retweet the podcast and the podcast episodes. <laughs> yes, that, that I think that, I can handle. I, that, I can at least, at least that. that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, wrapping up on the anniversary party was a great time. Hope some of you guys out there listening were able to attend, or if not, we painted you a nice little picture of what went on on Saturday. All right. Um, how do we get into this one, Steve? This one's tricky. Yeah, this one not so fun. Coming from yeah. a fun topic like the ten-year anniversary party, we will we need a more serious transition. We had a uh, we, we had a serious sandwich in today's episode. Started off serious fire drill, then we had fun with the tenth anniversary party, and now um, that'll be the title of this one: a serious sandwich. Yeah, It'd be serious, misleading. That- a serious sports sandwich. Um, so Nick Saban, um, we got to take it back to the Tennessee game. We all know what happened. Um, after the game, transfer from, ironically, Georgia, Jermaine Burton, was seen after the game kind of uh, making his way through the wreckage that was on the field. And uh, he appears to sort of push, slap, throw it's a weird movement that he made towards a a woman on the field and reportedly another guy uh was struck as well and there's a whole mess surrounding him um and his status and you know it did the bottom line is if you watch the video which is out there you can find it online it didn't appear that he needed to do that to make his way across the field it was an egregious unnecessary putting his hands on somebody, um, a man and a woman. Um, and we were sort of all just kind of waiting to see how it would shake out. Well, he started and played on Saturday when they beat Mississippi State. Um, no internal discipline from the team was announced yet. And then following the game, Nick Saban was asked about it. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation like that, but I talked to him. He was scared. I was scared. Some of our other players were scared. I think you learn to respect other people because we have a responsibility to do that regardless of the circumstance that we're in. And, um, you know, I talked to the guy. We have him in a counseling program. It's not an anger management program, as people announced today. Nobody ever said that. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. 
but it's it's about having the proper respect for other people. And um, you know, I, I I didn't think it was necessary to suspend the guy. So um, if you knew the whole story, maybe you wouldn't either. But I'm not going to divulge that. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, not a good look for old Nicky boy there, Steve. No, I. Jeez, again, this this is it's a hard topic to to kind of cover and you know to really break it down like it's a sport or anything. But what you saw on the video was enough to say this guy should not be playing Saturday. At least while yeah. they look into it further, I think I think what was on the video was clear enough. Maybe for you know the university and the SEC they need to dig into it a little deeper, but I I don't know how that can be Nick Saban's reaction to say he was scared, the whatever. I mean, it's fans on a field after they won a football game. And if you look at it, especially the the female that he appeared to to hit or whatever happened, he she was just kind of walking by him and he was walking off by himself. His yeah, life there was no, it wasn't, her. she did not get in his face. She did not attempt to like, you know, grab a piece of equipment off of him or, you know, take a picture with him without his permit, like nothing. Like she right. was just a fan enjoying the moment and was like in his general vicinity. That's, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. His safety wasn't threatened in any way, shape or form. So really that was an act of aggression and, one of the reactions I saw to Saban's comments, and I think it was phrased really well, and I'm, I regret that I can't remember who, who said it, but he wasn't scared. He was angry is what right. they were saying is he was angry that he lost a football game and that maybe he didn't play well, whatever it was, that was a reaction filled with anger. And that's how it should be treated. And it should be treated as a serious incident. You shouldn't be out there the next Saturday playing with no consequences other than being a part of whatever Saban called it there. Uh, not an anger management a counseling. Program. Yeah. Program. That, what is that? That that's a way to skirt any true punishment. That's lipstick on a pig. That's exactly. What that is. So yeah, unfortunately sometimes our hall of fame audio clip of the week is uh, not hall. Yeah. I, even Siri doesn't understand what, why the hell Jermaine Burton did what he did. I watched, just picked up every single thing that I just said. <laughs> yeah. She um, was, she was stunned. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So sometimes the hall of fame audio of the week is, has to be serious stuff like this because I'm sorry. I know Nick Saban has 10,000 championships and he's, you know, the best coach ever, but you, you can't get away with saying something like that. I mean, I don't care who you are. You need to be responsible for your program, as he would like to say, and the guys that are involved in said program. And one of your starting, you know, players on offense decided to pull a really punk move on one, if not two people. Um, and, this is sort of similar to the Devonte Adams thing, right? Like you yeah. see people try to make excuses like, Oh, the cameraman was crossing his face. Like, no, it doesn't matter. You have to have some restraint. I know these guys, both of those situations were guys super heated coming off of a loss and, you know, gladiator sport and all that stuff, but that doesn't give you the right or the permission to take that with you off the field. You know, did Ray Rice get, a pass because his football aggression 
you know, went on off the field. No, there was video of him punching out his wife and he never played it down in the, in the NFL again. Now, fortunately for Burton and Adams, they're at different points in their career because this is, this is the catch 22, Steve, is that talent over everything. So because those are two really important players for their teams, they're not going to get kicked off the team. They're not going to get suspended for a year. They're not going to, you know, miss important bowl games or playoff games. But the bottom line is they need to be held accountable and not have their Hall of Fame coach try to sweep it under the rug, which is what Saban was clearly doing. Right. And well, and what happens now based on this kind of situation is it tells Jermaine Burton that that's okay. Right. And, you know, if you discipline somebody for an action like this or an apparent action, you know, that sends a message to them now when they're young that says, you know what, I got to straighten up. I can't let my emotions get the better of me in that moment. You know, I don't know what happened or I don't know what will happen in the future, but I know that if something like this is dealt with properly, it heavily diminishes the chances that something like this happens again. Unfortunately, what you just described is only consequence based when it should be morally based. Right. But if the only way to drill the resulting action being in a woman not getting slapped or hit is for the player to think about it as uh, potentially losing a paycheck or a sponsor. I'd rather them what, like as long as the, the end result is everyone's not getting hit, I guess that's that it's not fine, but it's, if that's the the best we can do, I guess that's the best we can do. Right. But you would they should know that going into the situation. And, yeah. and you hate that they don't, um, you know, in that moment, again, whatever emotions take over, you have to, to coach yourself out of that. And for somebody like Nick Saban, as high profile as he is, that kind of messaging coming from him is dangerous in a way, too, that, that speaks to not just Jermaine Burton, but to every young athlete saying, oh, if I do this, it's only going to be a counseling session that I have to deal with. So I, that, that was a really improper comment, I think, from Nick Saban and a, a really poor way to handle that. Yeah, a rare, a rare misstep by Nick, who's usually, um, even if he's not, once again, always guided by the best things, he usually makes the right decision for the program because he knows that's what's in the best interest for him and the players and everyone's future. So, um Let's end the podcast on a on, on a bright note. Once again, let's shout out everyone who came, listened, uh, saw pictures online, retweeted, posted everything from the 929 The Game 10th anniversary party. I know I really appreciate it, every single one of you. I know Steve did as well, and everyone uh, you know that we've spoken to uh, before, during, and after just couldn't be more proud of everything. And here's to hopefully 10 more years of – the Off-Air Podcast and 92.9 The Game. Um, although if we are doing this podcast in 10 years, there must be a substantial financial uh, gain to be made off of Building our empire. That's it. The Off-Air, the off-air Empire. Um, all right. That'll do it for this episode of the Off-Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Peven. Got to get him on Twitter more, Gagliano. We will chat with you guys in just a couple days. More shenanigans abound. This has been the Off Air Podcast.